0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. A bill moving through the legislature aims to set the bottom age at which a person can get married.
1: I think that marriage should be between adults because children can't sign contracts. They can't open bank accounts. They can't do anything by themselves. So we wanted to make sure the age of marriage was 18 because there's a lot of human trafficking concerns.
0: That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Fraser. The application period for this year's Hope Scholarship Program opened Wednesday. Shepard Snyder has more.
2: The program provides state funding for West Virginia residents interested in alternative schooling methods like private schools or homeschooling for their children. It's the second year these funds have been made available after a state law creating the program was passed in 2021. Students from kindergarten through 12th grade are eligible for the funds. A notice of intent to participate is also required for families to file with their county superintendent. The application period is open from March 1st until May 15th. Applications are available online at www.hopescholarshipwv.com. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg.
0: The U.S. Senate Environment and Public Works Committee will hold a hearing on March 9th about last month's train derailment and chemical release in Northeast Ohio. Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw will be among those called to testify. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito is the senior Republican on the committee. The February 3rd train derailment caused the evacuation of thousands. Multiple rail cars carrying vinyl chloride, a flammable gas, were vented and burned. Though residents were told they could go home, concern lingers about the quality of the water and air, as well as the disposal of contaminated soil. Senators from Ohio and Pennsylvania have already introduced a rail safety bill aimed at closing some of the gaps that have already been identified. Many families face the question of what is the best place for an aging family family member to get the best care in their later years. In-home care, nursing home, and how do you pay for it? for his series getting into their reality caring for aging parents news director Eric Douglas spoke with Chris Braley, the owner of a memory care assisted living facility in Kanawha County
2: How do I as a caregiver make the decision it's time for mom or dad or or you know my loved family member to go into a facility
3: yeah, that's the million-dollar question, you know. Um, I, I have a lot of families that have come to me over the years, and, and they've asked, you know, when is it time? Um, and I think it's really an individual uh, you know, account, you know, per, you know person-to-person uh, situation. What I counsel families on is looking at what's the safety issues there. Um, when you get to that point w- with an aging parent or spouse, uh you know what what kind of safety issues are you dealing with are they are they ambulatory if they are um are they forgetting where they are in their home and not recognizing that and are they trying to get out and in their mind going to their home maybe from their childhood uh which you know in the field we call that an elopement risk Hmm. um and that obviously can be a, a very serious safety issue also i think um you know, looking at are they when they get a little more confused? When they get frustrated, uh, are they becoming aggressive? And you know, how are they handling the behavioral strategy that the caregiver is is trying? You know, to de-escalate the situation. You know, are they getting physical? And um, you know, there's there can be you know physical physical issues. There can be emotional issues to that, um, and that becomes very challenging, especially for an aging caregiver. Uh, you know, st- statistically, that you know it, it the, the the caregiver that is pro- providing the care for the one with dementia um, can have a higher risk of mortality. I've
2: heard it said it's easier for somebody to go into a nursing facility out of a hospital rather than just calling up and saying, you know, than than a family member calling and trying to get get mom or dad in a in a facility. Right. Right. Um, explain that process for me a little bit if you can.
3: Well, typically, so if you have someone in the hospital, then there's been a crisis. There's been a, a situation that occurred, whether it was due to their dementia, and maybe they became a little more aggressive and they had to go to the hospital to have behavioral health, work with them and adjust medications, or perhaps they, they fell, they harmed themselves, and they're in the hospital you know, recovering from that. So that crisis kind of allows it – a little bit easier to be for them to be able to transition from a hospital into whether it's a nursing home for maybe rehab services or into assisted living because the family has realized it's it's probably time for long term care. Um, so you know that can be a little easier than on the flip side where they're at home um, and maybe there's not a crisis, but the family sees what's coming and they want to try to um, deal with it before Take, the crisis. Exactly, happens. be proactive. Um, uh, but the the one with dementia is going to probably struggle a little more with that, and and also I think when you're when a family is not in crisis in that moment, that guilt yeah. just hammers so much more, um, and 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 that that's a whole other aspect in dealing with the talking about the grief that families go through in in this whole process.
2: How does a family? Uh, I mean, do you do you just make a phone call? You start making a whole bunch of phone calls where where do you start
3: yeah and that's a great question and i think you know the you want to be as proactive as possible and so family it's best to start looking before you have to do it um and start and touring other you know facilities whether it's a nursing home or assisted living based on what you're able to do um and and start asking the questions and um you know really holding those facilities, long-term care facilities, you know, as if, you know, you're interviewing them mm-hmm. and, and and taking tours and finding out how they did in their surveys with OFLAC and things of that nature. So you can make the best informed decision you can for your loved one. Um, also looking into, you know, can they, what the in-home uh, services are available to do. Uh, as I mentioned before, if a lot, there's a lot of veterans that don't realize Mm -hmm. There are resources for them. Um, And so kind of tapping into that and seeing what what can be done.
0: That was Chris Braley speaking with Eric Douglas about nursing homes and facilities for aging parents. To read a longer version of this interview or to see the other stories in the series, getting into their reality, caring for aging parents, visit our website at wvpublic.com. Org. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. Mostly cloudy skies today and tonight. Highs today in the 50s and 60s. Lows tom- tonight in the 30s and 40s. Breezy tomorrow with a chance of rain and thunderstorms. Highs in the 50s and 60s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Sava Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at torressevalaw.com. Sometimes the legislature can be a bit unpredictable in the final days as scheduled guests are suddenly called to meetings. Last night on the legislature today, Delegates Evan Hansen, a Democrat from Monongalia County, and Kayla Young, a Democrat from Kanawha County, stepped in to speak with Chris Schultz at the last minute when other guests were called away. It's
4: crossover day. I mean, these are the last days of of the session. Things are getting a little bit crazy. So um, for our viewers, uh, if a bill has not left its uh, chamber of origin, it's functionally uh, non-operational. It can't move on from there. And, uh, Delegate Young, you've been working on this bill uh, with regards to child marriages. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you tell me briefly what that bill is is aiming to do?
1: Yeah, so House Bill 3018 passed the House today. Um, uh, I think there were 13 no votes, 84 yeses. What it does is it sets the age of consent for marriage at 18. Right now in West Virginia, there's no floor for the age of marriage. Um, So from 16 to 18 was parental consent, and below that was judicial consent, and that was happening across the state. Um, I think that marriage should be between adults because children can't sign contracts, they can't open bank accounts, they can't do anything by themselves. So we wanted to make sure the age of marriage was 18 because there's a lot of human trafficking concerns.
4: And so uh, this is a little bit procedural, but I'm a little bit curious. Uh, I understand that that bill went from the active calendar to inactive calendar. Mm -hmm. Where does it stand now?
1: It passed the House today. So it it has been reported to the Senate and I've been working with the Senate. Um, There's a Senate companion that's Um, lead sponsored by senator trump in the judiciary committee so hopefully the judiciary committee will take the bill up
4: i'm telling you folks there's a lot of stuff going on these days and and no one person can uh, can really track it down so thank you uh Mm -hmm. delegate young for walking us through that another thing that we were talking about before uh the cameras started up here was carbon sequestration it's been laid over a couple of days here in the senate but uh If I'm not mistaken, it's being discussed uh, this evening. So, uh, Delegate Hanson, what can you tell me just briefly about uh, what that bill intends to do?
2: Well, there was a House bill that made it through the House Energy Committee several weeks ago, and it would have done several things to slow down uh, forest sequestration agreements that many many individuals and businesses have in West Virginia to have a second revenue stream to help them maybe keep their farm or keep their small woodlot. Um, It includes a a large tax on carbon sequestration agreements and some other restrictions. That didn't pass the House, so what the Senate did is they originated a bill in the Rules Committee, which almost never happens, Um, and they're working on it probably as we're taping this right now, and it looks like it's going to be a a 60-day moratorium
4: on entering into forest
2: carbon agreements in the state of West Virginia.
4: So as you understand it, why is that moratorium a necessity? I mean, is it, you know, what's going to happen in those 60 days? It seems like a, I mean, we're sitting here in the 60-day session. (laughs) We know that a lot can happen, but it seems like such a short time to conduct a study or, you know, uh, do other necessary, uh, you know, information finding. I don't know. It's not my bill. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I assume that some people
2: think we'll be back in a special session and actually pass something. Uh, But I, I think that's not a good path for the state of West Virginia. These are contracts entered into by private parties. Nobody's forced to enter into a forest carbon agreement. And whether you're a small landowner, a farmer, or a large timber company, you own your land and you can do what you want with your land. And if you want a second income stream that's related to the forest carbon on your land and you could diversify your income stream. and. In such a way, I feel like that's your right, and we shouldn't
4: intervene in that. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see where that uh, comes out of the Senate uh, this evening. Um, I am curious, you know, I I don't want to pass up this opportunity. At the beginning of the session, we asked uh, the minority leadership on both sides of the um, legislature, you know, what they hoped to accomplish and, and what was possible with so few members. Um, and I'm just curious with a little bit of hindsight now available to you both, Delia Young, I'll start with you. Do you feel that uh, your uh, coalition has been successful in achieving what it's hoped to achieve this year so far?
1: Um, I mean, I think we come in with not a ton of expectations and mostly we're here to play defense at this point. We have not a lot of members. Evan and I have both been here for several years now and so we kind of know what we're doing but also we don't have a massive agenda of things that we hope to pass. We have things that we'd like to pass and some of those are moving, whether they are moving with our names on them or without, but I mean, we're just trying to do what we can for the people of West Virginia to make sure that they have money in their pockets. We don't know if we're gonna actually see a tax, any sort of tax relief to people that's been promised for years, despite this over a billion dollar surplus these days. We're trying to figure out what to do with ARPA money. Um, on those fronts, we haven't been successful, but it's a shame that those aren't priorities for everybody.
4: Delegate Hansen, same question. I mean, how are you feeling about this session so far?
2: I agree with what Delegate Young said. I think the, the bill that we talked about a few minutes ago to change the age of, of marriage to 18 is a good example of one that, that Delegate Young and others worked really hard to get bipartisan support
0: on, and it's moving. That was Delegates Evan Hansen, a Democrat from Montegalia County, and Kayla Young, a Democrat from Kanawha County, speaking with Chris Schultz. To hear the rest of that interview, visit our website at wvpublic.org. Tune in every evening, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on radio and television to get updates on the legislative session. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.